Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, where we talk about TV, media, pop culture, and politics, because in the end, yeah, everything is probably an ad. I'm Kamiko McCoy, uh, social media here at Adweek, joined by a handful of others. Uh, we got Doug Zanger, we've got T.L. Stanley, and we've got Minda Smiley. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. How's everybody doing today? Pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. How are we feeling after that uh, Women's World Cup win? Uh, Woo! Woo! So <laughs> I've, been, I've been toasting every glass of champagne I see them drink. Oh, absolutely. Bottoms <laughs> up. <laughs> That's a good strategy. <laughs> so actually, let me go ahead and introduce um, you guys. We've got our uh, cover writer, Tail Stanley, with us. If you'll go ahead and tell us a little bit about what uh, went into your cover story with uh, Alex Morgan. Um, we decided, and, uh, thankfully we look super smart now. I mean, we already knew that she was a huge star. She's been, um, a brand star for quite a long time and we wanted to feature her on the cover. It ties in obviously with our most powerful women in sports issue that we do every summer. Those are mostly marketing media tech executives. And then for the cover, we, we really wanted to highlight a standout athlete, someone who is, um, she's, she's been in the spotlight for quite a while now. She's already been in Sports Illustrated m- multiple times, but we feel like she is really just beginning her amazing superstar career, whether she stays in sports for a long time as an active athlete even after that, she's going to be um, someone to watch for a very long time. I think she's going to have a very long, significant career. Absolutely. Um, and just to pedal back just a little bit, you we, when we were talking earlier before before we press record, we mentioned that um, this is actually not – this is our fourth or fifth Women in Sports edition that we've done? It is. Um, every year it, – it's morphed a little bit every year. We've kind of taken a different approach to it. We like to shake it up every summer and have something kind of different – This year, for instance, we asked all of our executives to talk about 
a, a moment in sports that was particularly inspiring to them. Um, and we got some amazing answers. And we also asked them to talk about a sports figure, either current or historic, that they felt like was overlooked. And maybe mm -hmm. people didn't really know that much about that person. And we got, again, some really fascinating answers like, everyone should know who the inventors of the sports bra are, but they probably don't. So we have that in the issue as well. Uh, and people brought up all kinds of really amazing sports moments from the past, like when um, Catherine Switzer was the first woman to run the Boston Marathon and um, the incredible challenges that she faced by doing so. Um, so we got some really great insight into these executives by asking those kinds of questions this time around. Absolutely. Um, we actually followed uh, followed you guys' footsteps in our most recent edition of Adweek Chat, which is a Twitter chat that happens every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, um, looking at some of the women in sports. And that is actually one of the questions that we asked. And you'd be amazed how many people, like, names are not widely recognized that people are fans of. Um, and, you know, these women in sports um, recognizing the predecessors and women that came before them is an absolutely incredible. Um, that's actually another one of the points that they brought up. Uh, the conversation that's happening right now, if you can kind of speak to this, um, is around like equal pay and the Women's World Cup win kind of feeds right into that. And that's actually something that Alex had brought up in her interview with you. She did. Obviously, they filed uh, the team, the U.S. Women's National Team filed a complaint, a lawsuit on International Women's Day this spring against the U.S. soccer. So it's it's very difficult, as she talked about, to sue your boss. How, uncom mm -hmm. how uncomfortable and risky must that feel? But um, they felt like it was so important, not just for them specifically, not, spe not for how much money they're going to put in their pockets, but they are constantly, Alex and all the rest of the team, talking about what this may potentially do for other women in sports outside of soccer and outside of sports in general, because they really, they know that they have this particular very high profile platform right now, and they intend to use it not just for themselves and for future generations of women's U.S. soccer, but for women in every industry. I think, I think, I think related to the women's, uh, to the U.S. women's soccer team, uh, you know, if you go back, you know, the, the, the U.S. women's soccer team, you know, mainly in the World Cup, but also in the Olympics, you know, it's one of these things where every four years, every two years, you know, we, we hear about the team. And over the years, you know, you've had some very prominent, you know, very prominent women speaking out about this issue. Uh, and where it sits now is it just, it feels like that that was, those were building blocks to today where there's just so much more momentum uh, with it and it's not going away, which is a huge, huge plus. So a lot of the building blocks for, you know, what Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino are talking about today, you know, were built by people like Abby Wambach and built by people like Mia Hamm. So there's there's this yeah. longstanding tradition that has taken time and now it's accelerating. And, you know, I think everyone's hope here is that this, you know, this doesn't go away to TL's point. Yeah. You know, as, as it relates to women's soccer, for example, um, 
you know, the, the World Cup is over, but there are some really amazing professional leagues. I happen to live in a city where the women's team draws fifteen to 20,000 fans a game. And so, you know, there, there's pockets of places where, you know, it's, it's really, really strong. But, you know, again, just a reminder that this is something that's been built by, you know, some great athletes. And then Megan Rapinoe, for example, uh, uh, her girlfriend is Sue Bird, who's also been a great advocate, uh, you know, legendary basketball player up in Seattle. Uh, and I was fortunate to, to interview both of them uh, a few months back. And, you know, it, it's just the, the train has left the station and it's gaining momentum. And I think we all hope it just keeps going faster and faster. Absolutely. That's true. Alex called it a perfect storm. Mm. That's how she described the current environment. Because yes, just as you said, there are people who've been laying this foundation for some time, including this women's soccer team back in uh, 2016, first raised the issue of the inequalities and the inherent gender discrimination. Um, so she called this particular environment kind of the perfect launch pad. And you know how that is. It, it's just a truism. When you're on top, I think your your voice may carry a little further. And things like, you know, early in the World Cup, Alex started talking about um, inequality in investment in sports teams for, for women across the, the world. So there are they expect this to have much wider reverberations, but you know, when you're on top, that's the time that people are listening to you, and they are absolutely right. well aware of that. Well, and Megan Rapino has been very, you know, very open and and very bold in what she said for years. And uh, you know, I'm not just saying this because she's my favorite soccer player, male or female, in history. I'm saying this because you know she's a great advocate for the sport. But she, you know, she's been doing this forever, and it's it's just been great to see her, you know, see this you know break through. Because I think before it was like, oh, Megan Rapinoe is just you know talking about this, this, and this, and now since it broke through with her and and Trump going back and forth, it's just it's so nice to see her get to that next level. And just knowing what I know about her, having watched her play at the University of Portland through to today, uh, she she ain't backing down. And that's going to be it's going to be amazing. And, you know, I think that uh, there are going to be plenty of people that are going to you know poke holes at, at what she has to say. But she she knows exactly what's going on. She's got the momentum. She also will endure in this battle back and forth. She will not back down. And she's got a crew of women, not just on the U.S. women's soccer team, but, you know, women around the world and also male allies who are standing with her at this moment. Speaking of, of allies, that kind of folds into um, how kind of brands are starting to rally around. Well, Brands, as creativity editor, you could probably speak better to this. Um, brands are starting to rally around people that are outspoken and have a lot to say and are here, you know, kind of for the people. Um, Nike just published um, maybe a week ago um, their spot with them. Can you talk a little bit about that? First of all, I'd like to comment on what a professional broadcast segue that was, Kamiko. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> that was flawless. flawless. That was flawless. Please know I have no professional training. No, no it was outstanding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, celebrating, um, you know, celebrating that win, uh, you know, brands like Nike are always prepared for that moment. And, uh, you know, a new spot from, from Wyden and Kennedy uh, launched, you know, minutes after they, they won the World Cup. And, it, and 
in a lot of ways, it's classic Nike, right? Where it's it's empowering, it's it's taking a stand, it's it's uh, you know unapologetic, uh, and you know honestly, it, it was it was the perfect uh, you know perfect way to end the World Cup. You know, is it Nike's best ad? Eh, you know, debatable. Uh, but at the same time, Nike is is building a lot of momentum uh, off of their advocacy. Uh, of athletes, um, you know, not least of which being Colin Kaepernick. So, you know, I think this is part of the new normal with the brand in supporting athletes. Uh, and a lot of it, honestly, is is in the words that were chosen. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of great classic Nike and Wyden and Kennedy advertising is the uh, is the copy. And I think sometimes that gets short shrift, but uh, I think it would be a good idea for us to take a listen to it so that you can hear uh, hear exactly what I mean by that. You know, as you can hear from that ad, I mean, it's very powerful language. Uh, again, unapologetic, uh, classic Nike, classic Wyden and Kennedy, uh, and a lot of people, you know, a lot, a lot of people looked at that and and uh, were really proud to be part of the U.S. women's soccer team win, whether they were directly involved or, uh, you know, whether or not they were a fan. Um, yeah, and you have your naysayers. I mean, Piers Morgan, uh, you know, he. he he doesn't like anything, but you know. It, I was just about to say, like, can you like, please him like, at who, all? Like, who, like, like, who cares? I mean, it's just like it's like, shut up, dude, shut up. I met him in Los Angeles once. Once I'll uh, I'll share that story with you guys off the air here. But um, yeah, it's just it's, you know when you, when you start getting people just yammering like that, it just it's so unbelievably counterproductive. But at the same time, I think what we're noticing is just ignore it. You know, focus on focus on the positives. And I think you see much, much more of that than, you know, some of these, you know, some of these jerks that are trying to, you know, trying to not keep the momentum going, shall we say? Absolutely. Well, I think that the people have spoken, you know, we saw the viewing numbers for this oh, yeah. World Cup, you know, the people have spoken and the, the turnout at the events like the parade yesterday in New York, uh, people mm, are yeah. very much behind this team. And what what we saw from the stadium itself in France when they won was the USA chant quickly followed by equal pay, which is unprecedented. It was an absolute groundswell of support, completely organic. I mean, you obviously couldn't have paid for such a thing, but what a moment! Well, and the women's team Absolutely. is is so much better than the U.S. men's team. I mean, it's just it's. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, just just pay them. I don't. I don't. I just. I don't get this. I don't get this. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, 
you know, the U.S. men's team, it's just, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, a case study of disappointment consistently. Whereas the women, it's just, everybody gets excited. I think with the men's team, we, we sit there and go, oh, this again. Uh, but with the, you know, with the women's team, everybody rallies around them and everybody gets excited about it. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask me though, um, from like an agency perspective, what's this looking like, this, this, this wave movement? of people being in to this? Like how are agencies approaching this? Um, you know, are they excited? They, what do you think? I think, yeah, I think they definitely are. I mean, I think agencies that can find a way in that feels, you know, authentic is, right. al- is always good in terms of like their client and whatnot. Um, but honestly, I think, you know, it can get, I think it, like anything of this nature, it can get tricky. I think there are some parallels you could even draw between like something like this win and everything that kind of comes with it with the, you know, equity, the pay equity and that that sort of thing and pride where it's like making sure I think agencies have to make sure that what they're doing really does align with um, sort of the causes that these women are promoting and, and what they want and making sure that it doesn't seem like they're just kind of, you know, jumping on this sort of bandwagon. Good washing um, and pink washing. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So I think like, you know, and I think with pride, we saw some of that this year. As, as we have in past years. So, I mean, I think, you know, I think the widen ad was great. I mean, I I feel like when you when you see people outside of the industry getting excited about an ad, that's yeah. always a good thing. And I feel like, you know, even like on my Facebook feed and stuff, I saw people sharing this ad and getting excited. So, obviously, it cut through and, um, you know, it, it was a great ad. But I think um, – so, yeah, I think I think some agencies are, are doing it right. But as is always the case, you know, not all – you know, yeah. not all of them are. <laughs> Well, and I, and I think Absolutely. for you know, and I think for agencies as well, and I think for brands in general as well, you know, we need to we need to remove the word you know female athlete. It just needs to be athlete, right? Exactly. So I think if you start if you start using if you start with just athlete, it, it's inconsequential the gender, the you know the ability. It, you know, they're athletes, and I think that's a really good place for brands and agencies to start. So instead of trying to jam it into your point, Kamiko, about you know pink washing, you know, trying to jam it into some sort of you know fakakta silo like that. Uh, sorry for for the Yiddish there, um, <laughs> but you know it, it just it just makes sense to just it's like you know they're amazing athletes and they deserve to be treated as such. Well, and Alex talks in our profile about how she assesses brands and how she decides who she's going to partner with. And she made the point of saying that she has a number of long-term partnerships. So these are brands that have obviously supported her and women athletes and sports and soccer for a very long time. If you're a marketer who comes into this now um, without having a history in it, it may obviously people may may examine that a little more closely. You might be a little bit suspicious of that. Okay, now that now that it's a huge movement, now these brands are involved. But I think it's important to look at those who have been involved for a long time and who who have really gone out of their way to. Um, align themselves with female sports figures, and particularly Alex. Well, well, and you, and I think that we have to look at our history too. So, you know, taking shifting it to another brand here, you know, I give Adidas and TBWA Shy Day a lot of credit for you know bringing Billie Jean King back. 
um, you know, as it relates to the women's soccer team, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see more of them being back in the spotlight because again, they've, they've gone through this and they were in the early days uh, of this. And I think that their input is, is really vital to, to keep everything moving forward. Uh, yes, it's, it's amazing that we're at this moment, but let's not forget the history of the women who have built this. Absolutely. Speaking, well, I was going to do another broadcast. No, you're good. I, I want a good segue. Y'all, yeah. Since y'all called me out. <laughs> I was teeing you up. I want to... <laughs> Let's hear it. I want to take a look at the other uh, the other women in sports. A lot of times we see we see the faces of Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan, but and Serena Williams and you know uh, Mia Hamm. But like behind the scenes, there are also a lot of other women who are teeing things up and putting things into place so that we can bring these women's voices to the forefront. And um, we touched on a lot of them. I think we have thirty of them. Thirty of the um, best women in. Um, most recognizable, toughest, baddest ass women in sports um, in our latest edition. Um, if we want to talk about some of those, Ooh, I, we've I got, got um, from NASCAR. Oh, I got and... for you. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Go. The floor's so, yours. <laughs> uh, Alicia Valavanis, who is the CEO and the GM of the Seattle Storm. And you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be partial because she's in my part of the world, but she was. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> stop no. it. Stop it. Um, you know, uh, she was part of our Seattle Brand Stars um, uh, last October, and I had a chance to just sit down and talk to her and had a chance to meet some people in the organization. And to a person, I, she is just one of the most, one of the most well-respected. She's a huge name out here, um, but she is one of the most respected uh, people in in sports right now, and it's you know it's very well earned, and and she just has an amazingly positive attitude. Uh, she's very very focused, so I, I think that you know I, I would see her as like the next commissioner of the WNBA. You know she's she's at that level in my opinion. Um, so you know having an opportunity to spend some time with her was really special. Yeah. Well, absolutely. all right, Doug. So I have Go to both. your LA. Go to LA. Yeah, Go I ahead. Have both the <laughs> Dodgers and the Rams. Yeah. Woot. Yeah. So, um I think this list this year like each year that we've done it is a really interesting, inspiring, varied group of women. We have obviously uh, our Rams and Dodgers on there. We have all the uh, major sports leagues usually covered. We've got individual teams, obviously. We even got esports. We've always had an esports person because we've recognized years ago that that was uh, really a force to be reckoned with. And yeah. and by the way, um, Johanna Ferris, that our esports person on the list. She is the first ever commissioner of an esports league. That is a male job, um, wow. traditionally. Um, we've got Rennie Anderson from the NFL. She is the first chief revenue officer that the NFL has ever had. We have people who've broken all kinds of bar barriers and boundaries. Many of these women were athletes themselves. Um, in their prior life, maybe they came up that way from playing for, since they were young, played in college. Val Ackerman, for instance, was an incredible player. Um, we have women who have done things like built stadiums. 
Charlotte uh, Charlotte Jones Anderson uh, in Dallas built the AT and T Stadium during a recession. The recession. I mean, that's insane, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Um, Janet Marie Smith here in LA. We had this beautiful 1960s uh, vintage Dodger Stadium, and with $100 million and her know-how, it is now a very modern stadium. Um, you know, we have our, our executive from Wasserman um, negotiated the first ever maternity clause for the WNBA's Maya Moore with Nike and Jordan. Um, it's just a list that it goes sort of on and on. People who've over, yeah. you know overseen Super Bowl campaigns and done really really uh, standout things. So I, that's why again that's one of my absolute favorite issues to work on. And I sort of feel like a slacker after I talk to all these women about oh, all the amazing please, things they do. Please. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's it's really nice to be able to see, you know, the people who are at the forefront of this, but also people who are working behind the scenes. Like I said, um, you know, kind of like a, a seat at the table type of situation where you where you're able to read like the work that they're putting in to make sure like equality is something that we're reaching. Minna, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's really cool to see like. People like Jill Gregory, um, CMO of NASCAR, which is a brand that's historically been, you know, associated with men, dominated by men. And to see her, I mean, not only is she, you know, just CMO, but she's also, like, developed a new brand strategy for this, like, you know, brand that has obviously a loyal fan base and she's introducing, um, you know, new content studios. And I just think it's it's interesting because it's – I think sports is – sports, like so many other industries, are just going through a very, um, you know – a, t- a lot of change right now. I mean, from the way we watch sports to the way, you know, what our generation even likes to watch and, you know, esports, like you mentioned. I mean, there's definitely a lot of change. And so to see these women coming into these roles that, um, you know, have probably always been held by men until recently and, and really making changes and kind of, um, you know, changing the face of what, what the sport is or what it means, um, it's just, it's really cool to see. And, um, so yeah. When one person who is fascinating to me is is Alexis Feaster, who's the senior director of player development for the NBA. So, you know, mm-hmm. Minda, you had mentioned Jill Gregory, who I know you've spoken to in the past. And, you know, that's that's I guess I'm using air quotes here, more of a classic marketing uh kind of role in a way. But what's interesting to me with Alexis is that she's the senior director of player development. So that's that's a role that you know, that that's something where that product in in the form of the talent that's delivering the product is being developed. And I'll be very interested to see where she takes it because, I, I you know, I, you, we have Becky Hammond who's in the league, Sue Bird w- working with the Denver Nuggets. But to have her in this role, I, I think, you know, signals a very important move as well where it's not just necessarily about the marketing, but it, it is the nuts and the bolts. And, and, and TL, you, you know, you mentioned a couple of others. Who, who were instrumental in, in building, you know, more of it, and again, using air quotes here, like infrastructural kind of approach. And those are unbelievably important. And people forget that because I think sometimes we get so caught up in the, in the marketing aspect of what we do that we forget that developing the product itself 
is probably just as important, if not more so. Well, and that speaks to someone exactly, Doug, like Stephanie McMahon, Mm -hmm. who, um, yes, she is the boss's daughter, but she has been in every single role from the lowest rung on the totem pole on up to now she's chief brand officer. And the kinds of things that she has done is really changed that product because again, a male-dominated sport, and she decided that the women are not going to be called divas anymore. They're going to be called superstars, just like the men. They're going to have as much exposure. They're going to get as many uh, title bouts as the men. She has really changed that product, and it has changed their audience, certainly has grown their female audience as well. Absolutely. Um. I'm going to, I keep wanting to do these transitions, but now I'm self-conscious no, about no. them. No, <laughs> no, you just go. No. <laughs> so with that, I want to, I want to wrap up and lead to our uh, Women Trails Trailblazers event, which is happening um, on the 16th, where you have the opportunity to hear from some of the the women um, in sports that we actually mentioned today and on our in latest uh, edition of Ad Week. They'll be speaking. It's really an incredible event. It pulls in women from sports, women from digital media, women from media, traditional media, and all over the place to speak to what it means to be a woman in your industry and kind of break through that glass uh, ceiling. So looking forward to that, if you can, there's um, more information about the event on adweek.com to look for it there. Before we wrap up, I I think it's important for us to point out the uh, Instagram story that our own Diana McDougal did at the parade in New York, Uh, Kamiko. Tell us a little bit about that. So when we had first found out that there was a parade, Diana immediately jumps up and was just like, listen, I'm going. We have to get this covered. Um, And she did a phenomenal job capturing everything from the teammates dancing. Um, I don't I mean, you know what? I'm not hip. I don't know what the dances are, but they were doing swag surfing and all types of stuff. I wish I was not old, but um, all types of stuff. And just like the the chanting that was happening, they she caught all of that in our Instagram story and then kind of wrapped it up and tied it together in a, in a really nice bow um, and a proper post. Um, so be sure to look out for that content there. Um, by the time you guys hear this, the Instagram story may be gone, but fear not. <laughs> we have plenty of coverage on our site um, of all of it, the Nike ads and everything um, that's there. And before we wrap up today, want to let everyone know that our theme music is by home. This episode was edited by Lane McGibney and produced by young Nick Gardner. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally. They also help new listeners discover the show. And you can also email your feedback to podcast at adweek.com. Kamiko, take us away to the very end. Thank you guys again for joining us, and we will see you next time. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.